Greenstick had given us hooky passports, but they looked kosher. I was Brian Ridley, and Carly was Kelly Broom. It helps if you keep the fake names as close to your own as possible, because that way they're easier to remember. But I wanted extra insurance, so that's why I was giving DK Kapoor a bell. DK is a local businessman, an entrepreneur, with fingers in more pies than you'll find at Sainsbury's. He's the guy who gave me my start in the private investigation business, and he's as crooked as they come, so he was just the bloke I needed. Anyway, I arranged to buy two off-the-peg dodgy passports from him. They didn't come cheap, but as Crispian Hunt is about as trustworthy as a banker with his hand in your wallet, I figured it could turn out to be money well spent. The passports were delivered to the office at the last possible second by Samson Sammy Ayewale. He's a lad who plays for my old Sunday League team, All Nations United. Sammy was born and bred in Catford, but he's of Nigerian heritage and tries, and fails miserably, to talk like a gangster from East L.A. He thinks he's a top footballer, but in fact he's like a card player who can do the tricks but can't be asked to learn how to play any proper games. Still, that's his loss. As it happens, All Nations United is bankrolled by D.K. Kapoor. He likes to have hard young geezers like Sammy at his beck and call. Sammy smirked and flicked his fingers when he saw Carly standing there with her little suitcase all ready to go. Hey man, does your missus know who you taken with you to Spain? I smiled at him. Possibly not, Sammy. But, more to the point, does your mum know you've been kicked out of the All Nations First Team squad, so there's no reason why you can't go to church with her and your granny on Sundays now? Sammy scowled and sucked his teeth. He tossed the package with the passports over to me and snatched the cash I gave him. He spun on his heel to stalk out, but when he got to the door he turned back and said, Promise you won't tell her, man? I nodded. You got it, Sam. My lips are sealed. As long as you stay stum. He gave me a clenched fist salute and was gone. Well, thanks to Sammy's late arrival with the backup passports, we now had a mad scramble to get down to Gatwick. But although Carly gave me grief the whole way about them being useless, I was Peter Frame, a 40-year-old from Leeds, and she was Cynthia Catchpole, a 25-year-old from Barnsley, as well as a stupid waste of money and time, we managed to catch the last flight of the day to Malaga. A couple of bottles of Chateau EasyJet helped improve her mood, and by the time we touched down, she was acting like we were going on holiday together. We weren't. We were working. But then there is that saying about all work and no play, so I didn't discourage her. I mean, you never know your luck, do you? I did know mine, and it's nothing to write home about, but I live in hope that one day it'll change for the better. We picked up our hire car and drove for about 50 minutes down the coast road to Puerto Benus. We had a room reservation at the Hotel Pier. It was what they call a value hotel, but it was clean and comfortable, so I wasn't complaining. In fact, my heart was thumping with excitement as we rode up in the lift. I know I should have been focused on getting some shut-eye so I'd be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed in the morning, but I had other things on my mind. After three failed attempts on my part to open the door to our room with the electronic keycard, Carly sighed, took it off me, and opened it on her first go. Women are good at that fiddly stuff. I don't know why, but they are. Anyway... I nearly tripped over my case in my eagerness to get in, but I think I recovered myself without looking too much of a prat and went and sat on one of the twin beds. James Bond, eat your heart out, I thought as I grinned at her and said, Hey, come on in. The bedroom's lovely, and so is the bed.
Carly gave me an unreadable look. Then she marched across the room, dumped her case on the other bed, put her hands on her hips and looked at me. In your dreams, was all she said. In fact, I didn't dream much at all that night. The physical reality of Carly lying two feet away in the next bed, wearing only her T-shirt and knickers, had the same effect on my system as mainlining caffeine. But, judging by her gentle and regular breathing, I don't think lying next to me was doing that to her. This was a bit disheartening, but I reckoned that I'd have time to work on that over the next few days. I was sure that Sun Sangria and the old Ryan Kid Charm would work wonders on Carly's libido. Yeah, right. Remind me never to go into the fortune-telling business. I'd starve. The next morning.